0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God Called Partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Rick Renner and today I'm standing outside
1: the Winter Palace in St. Petersburg, Russia. And just behind me is what was once called Her Royal Majesty's Staircase. It was a staircase and an entrance which was used by various queens of Russia. But eventually the name was changed to The October staircase, wow, why was it changed? Because on October the 25th, 1917, revolutionaries had tried to enter this building through the main gate of the palace, but they were stopped by guards. Later that night, shots began to be fired at the palace from the Peter and Paul Fortress on the other side of the Neva River. And because the shots were coming from the fortress, all the guards moved to the other side of the palace to defend that side of the palace. And when they moved their attention from this entrance to the other side of the palace, guess what happened? It was the distraction that was needed for this side to have absolutely no protection. And when all of their attention moved to the other side of the palace, the revolutionaries came back and there was no one to stop them. So they finally penetrated the palace through this door, which was later so named the October Staircase. And from here, they entered up the stairs and began to walk through the private quarters of the Romanov family. They wandered through the gold room through the boudoir, the music room. Finally, they walked all the way down the tapestry hall into the Malachite room. And from the Malachite room, they stepped into the white dining room where the provisional government was meeting and they arrested them and sent them to prison at the Peter and Paul fortress. And that initiated the Russian civil war, which took the lives of millions and millions of people. The Bible tells us very clearly that strife and bitterness is a door opener that brings destruction into relationships. How do you overcome strife so you don't have destruction in your relationships? I know you want to have civility in your marriage. You'd like to have civility with your kids and with your friends and with your family. How do you keep the devil out? Well, first of all, you have to realize he tries to create distractions so he can find another way to get in. How do you recognize those distractions and make sure you're protected on all fronts? That is what I'm going to talk
0: to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
1: Welcome to today's program. We're going to have such a good time today. In James chapter three, we're going to see that the tongue is a releaser of strife. And actually I'm teaching an entire series called Overcoming Strife. It is five parts. It's very practical identifying those entry points through which strife finds its way into our emotions and into our relationships. If you can identify those points, then you can close those doors and the enemy will not find access to you, to your emotions, or to your relationships. You really can close the door, and that's why I'm teaching this series called Overcoming Strife, and it comes with a study guide. I love my study guides. We put a lot of work into these study guides because we want you to be able to read it while you hear it or while you see it and really get this teaching down deep inside you to really reinforce the teaching inside you. So order your series and order your study guide today by going online or give us a call. And remember that right now we're also offering you my book, which is called You Can Get Over It, How to Confront, Forgive, and Move On. The back of the book says, no harbored offense is worth sabotaging your future. Even if others really did commit offenses against you, God will deal with them. But right now he wants to help you. So this pain and trouble doesn't immobilize you any longer. We've all had moments when we've had difficult relationships. It just happens in life. How do you confront it? How do you forgive it? How do you move on? What does it mean to confront it? What if you don't know how to confront it? What if you don't know how to forgive? How do you move on? All of that is covered in this small book, but really a very powerful book. I believe every Christian ought to have this book at home because from time to time, we all need to know how to confront, forgive, and to move on. And when you order this You ought to order a couple because this is a book you'll want to give to someone else. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, How to Survive, Thrive, and Overcome in the Midst of Difficult Situations. And we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always send these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And my friends, if you're a partner, thank you you're changing someone's life today. And if you're not a partner, you can become a partner right from where you are by going online or by giving us a call and you can do something to change someone else's life. And remember that we're offering you right now our autobiography called Unlikely. The cover shows me and Denise sitting on Red Square. The subtitle says, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. You will just devour this. And it's not just our story. It's also filled with Bible teaching. So order yours today. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And we want to pray for you. So call us or send us your email so we'll know how to pray. The reach for your Bible. We always use the Bible in this program. And today we're going to go to James chapter 3. But I'm going to begin by reading to you two verses from Proverbs and one verse from Ecclesiastes, and our subject today is the tongue, a releaser of strife. But let me read to you from Proverbs 10:19, which says, In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refrains his lips is wise. A paraphrase would be where there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of sin. But when you learn how to control your mouth, you're smart. Proverbs 21:23 says, Whosoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. If you just speak everything you think, you're going to get in trouble. But if you learn how to keep your mouth and keep your tongue, you will avoid a lot of problems and a lot of strife in life. And then Ecclesiastes 3:7 wisely says, there's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. It's not always time to say everything you think. Sometimes it's wiser just to be quiet. And that's what we're going to see today, beginning in James chapter 3, verse 2, where James says, For in many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. At the very first, uh, verse 2, James uses the word offend twice. He says, For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word. In both cases, this word offend means to stumble, to err, or simply to mess up. He literally is saying in many things, we all mess up. But if any man does not mess up in word, and when it says in word, the Greek means in speech or in what he says, the same is a perfect man. So how do you measure a perfect man? According to James, a perfect man is one who doesn't mess up in the things that he says. And this word perfect is the Greek word teleos. Mm. The word teleos depicts a full grown adult, no longer a child, but this is one who has really reached adulthood. It pictures the process of transitioning from being youthful and immature to being an individual who is full grown and mature. And in the New Testament, it depicts people that are spiritually mature individuals. So now James tells us, when you learn how to control your mouth and what you say, you are really transitioning from being youthful and immature to becoming a mature Christian. Real spiritual maturity is not measured by how we preach. It's not measured by how we prophesy. It's measured by what we say and what we do not say. If you don't mess up in the things you say, then you're reaching the state of spiritual maturity. That's what the Bible says in this verse. In fact, it goes on to say, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, a mature man, and able also to bridle the whole body. The word able is the Greek word dunitas. And that is very important because it's from the Greek word dunamis, which pictures the assembled forces of an army whose combined strength is enabled them to achieve an unrivaled victory. And it tells us it takes an army to control the tongue. And if you've learned to control your tongue, you have really attained something. It takes real strength and real maturity to tame the tongue. In fact, the Bible says, if you can handle your mouth, then you can bridle the whole body. The word bridle means to control, to restrain, to control, to hold in check, if you can control your tongue, then you can control anything in your body or in your life. That is how powerful is the tongue, according to James chapter 3 and verse 2. Then in verse 3, James begins to give us illustrations of little things that have great power. Listen to what he says in verse 3. Behold, we put bits in horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. He uses the word behold, and in this text, he's going to use this word behold over and over and over. It's like he says, wow, this is amazing. Now, he gives us an illustration. We put bits in the horse's mouth. The word bit is the word for a bridle or a bit. And of course, the bit that you put in a horse's mouth is very, very small compared to the immense size of a big, muscular, powerful horse. But the Bible says when you put that bit into a horse's mouth, they obey us. The word obey is a translation of the Greek word patho, which means you can even sway a horse from going one direction and turn it around to go a completely different direction. And that's why he says that we may turn about their whole body. Turn about in Greek means to lead differently, to turn about, to change directions. And it is amazing that you can do that with a little bit in a horse's mouth. And that's why James begins by saying the word, behold, isn't it amazing that something as small as a little bit in a horse's mouth has the ability to completely control a horse and to make it go in a different direction. That is amazing. That's why he begins with the word, behold. Then you come to verse four and he says, behold, he repeats the word behold again. Isn't it amazing that also the ships, now he's describing massive ships, which, though they be so great, the word great in Greek describes great in size, huge, vast, powerful in both size and in ability. They're driven to fierce winds, yet they are turned about. The word turned about again is the Greek word, which means to lead differently, to turn around, to change directions with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. When the Bible says, By a very small helm, it describes an extremely small rudder. Just like a big, muscular, powerful horse can be turned around and controlled by a small bit in its mouth, these vast, mammoth, gargantuan ships can be controlled by a tiny little Rudder. That is amazing. That's why he begins with the word behold, and then he says, Whithersoever the governor listeth, the Greek literally means wherever the impulse of the one steering wants it to go, meaning the ship is directed by the one controlling the rudder. That is amazing. Whoever controls the rudder can determine the direction of that massive, massive ship. Then you come to James chapter 3 and verse 5 where he continues. Even so, the Greek says, in the very same way, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, there's the word behold again. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. When he says, even so, the tongue, it's very interesting. In Greek, there is a definite article. The tongue. It means now he's really getting to his subject. He has used the illustration of a bit in a horse's mouth. He's used the illustration of the rudder of a ship. Now he says, let's get to the real subject, the tongue. In the same way, the tongue. It may be small, but the tongue is a little member. The word middle is the Greek word. Micros, it means very little, tiny. It is where we get the word for micro or microscopic. He says it is a little member, the word member, the Greek word melos describes a member or an organ of the body, but it is the very word used in ancient antiquity to depict parts of a ship needed to keep the ship moving along. And likewise, the tongue is necessary to keep society moving forward. But this word, member, the Greek word melos, was also the very word used to depict weapons of war, which means the tongue can create progress or the tongue can create war. He says, it is a little member and boasteth great things. What does that mean? In Greek, it simply means makes a big commotion and makes a big noise. And then he adds the word behold. In Greek, it is the word edu. It means bewilderment, shock, amazement, wonder. Isn't it amazing how great a matter? A little fire kindleth. Little fire in Greek means a small fire A small blaze, and then in verse 6, he adds. And the tongue, in Greek again, it has a definite article. The tongue, this really is his subject. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. And here he says the tongue is a world of iniquity. The Greek literally says, hokosmos tastes adikias. Cosmos is the word for the universe. The word adikaios describes injury, violations, injustice. If you put it together, it literally means the tongue is a universe of its own filled with hurt, injustice, wickedness, and all kinds of violations. That is the tongue that is not controlled. But then he goes on to say, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body in the word defiles is the Greek word spilos. It's where we get the word to spill or to stain. It means to stain, to defile or to contaminate, to spill something that creates a stain, a permanent defilement, a permanent Contamination. Think how many people's lives have been stained because of what someone said. That's exactly what James is telling us. It defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. Sets on fire means it is ignited and it can refer to raging passions out of control and it is set on the fire of hell. The Greek literally means it is ignited and inflamed by hell itself. Then in verse 7, James adds, For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. First, he mentions beasts, the Greek word therion. This word beast describes four footed beasts, wild beasts, dangerous animals, vicious killers, naturally wild beasts that are nearly impossible to tame. Then he mentions birds. This word birds would refer to any fowl of the air, like parrots. Parrots have been taught to speak. Wild beasts can be tamed, even though naturally they're very difficult to tame. Then he mentions serpents. This word serpents would describe reptiles, snakes, crocodiles, all creeping, crawling things. That is really amazing to me because when I was a young man growing up, I had snakes. Snakes are nearly impossible to tame. In fact, all of these things are nearly impossible to tame. Beasts, four-footed beasts, lions, tigers, and bears, though they're wild, they can be tamed. Birds of the air, they can be taught to speak. Reptiles, according to this verse, can be tamed. And then he mentions things in the sea, which in Greek refers to marine animals, and if you ever go to a marine show, you'll see whales jumping through hoops. Even marine animals can be tamed. And the word tamed that is used here is the Greek word damadzo, which means to domesticate, to subdue, to bring under control. It was used to describe animal trainers who were experts at capturing and domesticating the wildest and most ferocious of beasts such as lions, tigers, and bears. Normally these animals would maul or kill a person, but skilled trainers were able to take the wildest animals and domesticate them. And according to this verse, all of these creatures can be subdued and they can be domesticated. But then you come to verse 8 and James says, "But," And in Greek it is the word day, which means but, however, categorically, emphatically, the tongue. And in Greek, again, it has a definite article. The tongue. This is his subject. Can no man tame? No man in Greek is oudes. Absolutely no one can tame it. The word tame again, the Greek word demazo, it cannot be domesticated. It cannot be subdued. He says it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The word unruly is the Greek word, which means it's unstable and filled with anarchy. The tongue is filled with with anarchy. He says it is an unruly evil. The word evil describes malice, spite. It depicts words or actions that are bad or inappropriate. He says it is full of deadly poison. The word full, the Greek word mestos, means loaded to the max, fully loaded with deadly poison. Ay, ay, ay. In Greek, deadly poison is, from the Greek word isos, which describes poison that kills or rust that ruins. Thus, it is something ruinous. The word esos describes the poison of asps, deadly serpents. It pictures words that injures others. The second part of the word means death producing, and it was used by Greek writers to depict arrows or words that carried death. That is what is in the tongue. If the tongue is not brought under control, it is like an asp that is filled with deadly poison just waiting for the moment to inject its fangs into a victim and inject the venom. That's what the Bible says about the tongue. Then in verse 9, James remarkably says, Therefore, bless we God... The Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Both blessing and cursing happen with the mouth. The word bless, the Greek word "eugaleo," means to say something good. The word curse means to speak words that bring others down. Then in verse 10, James says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be, verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter, verse 12? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh and then in verse 13, he says, if you really think you're mature, then this is what you should be demonstrating with your life and with your mouth. Verse 13, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show it with a good conversation. Good conversation describes polite speech, appropriate speech. His works with meekness of wisdom. Now we're out of time, but we've seen today that the tongue is, is the releaser of strife into the earth. The tongue can cause society to move ahead or the tongue can create war. And I have to ask you, friend, today, what are you doing with your tongue? If you will control your tongue, you will deliver yourself of a lot of trouble in your life. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to continue to see how to tame the tongue. I'll be back in just a moment.
0: From time to time, strife tries to get into all our lives. Strife is an evil force that divides people, causes heartaches, and can even destroy relationships. Rick Renner says, years ago, Denise and I made a no strife policy in our lives and ministry, and it permanently shut the door to strife. And if you'll make the choice to have a no strife policy, that decision can permanently keep strife out of your life. In this practical and powerful series, Overcoming Strife, Rick teaches how to stop giving place to strife in your life. How to stop your tongue from speaking poisonous words. How strife in its basic form is demonic and destructive. How to follow after peace and obtain it. How to permanently avoid the fruit of bitterness and strife. You really can permanently shut the door to strife. In this powerful series, Rick will help you to know how to slam that door shut forever, and it will change your life. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. In addition, we're also offering you the book, You Can Get Over It. This 195-page hardback book is packed with solutions about how you can successfully deal with difficult people and how you can get over the hurts you've experienced in life along the way. You Can Recover. This book will show you how, and it can be yours for just $15. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series, Overcoming Strife* and the book, You Can Get Over It. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
1: Hey friends, this is Rick Renner. And today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says the lips of the righteous feed many And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, You can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. When we come back tomorrow, we're going to see how to tame the tongue. And we're going to see the demonic source of strife. Do not miss tomorrow. There is a reason that strife is so destructive. It has its roots in demonic activity, and I'm going to show this to you from the Bible tomorrow. That's why you need to shut the door to strife and overcome it. And I want you to order my series called Overcoming Strife. It will help you, and it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now my book called You Can Get Over It, How to Confront, Forgive, and move on. Amen. And remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you and we want to pray for you. We believe in prayer in our ministry. And if we can pray with you about anything, give us a call or send us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to agree with you in prayer according to Matthew 18, 19, which says Jesus will move in your life and he will We will pray in faith. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we are not just victims to our tongue. You've given us the power of the Holy Spirit and we can tame our tongue with the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to make the decision to prove our maturity by what we do with our mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.